Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. Uh, before we get into the rugby, uh, we've got a few Rugby World Cup live shows coming up, including at Flatiron Square in London this Thursday, 26th of September, with special guest Nick Easter. So check out eventbrite.co.uk for details on that, and a big thanks to Guinness once again for their support. The last time I saw you guys actually was after the live show in Dublin. How, how, how did that finish up? Lads. Lads. Quiet, to be honest. Went home, got my head down. Flew home the next day. Isn't that what happened, James? Well, I remember walking out of Copper Face Jacks at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and Goody was behind me. So, but we, wow. hey, it's one of them where, what are you doing tonight, Jim? Um, yeah, we're doing a live show in Dublin. Yeah, text at 11 o'clock. Oh, I'm in bed now. So tired. And uh, not much signal. I'll see you tomorrow. Four o'clock. <laughs> Walking out, absolutely dying. If you want tickets to this week's show, just check out eventbrite.co.uk. All details are there. How's your weekend been, guys? Been catching a fair bit of code or what? Oh, so much ruggers on. So much happiness as well. Just watching my, my partner in crime on television. Yeah, don't call me a friend. Just call me your work colleague. The work associate. I mean, the viewing was essential and it just put a massive smile on my face. He won his first ever line out against Paul O'Connell, didn't he? That. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's not a big deal. It's you know, just two greats just showing people how to <laughs> operate a line out these days, you know? It was, yeah, it's just I mean, it's probably practice. another penalty, wasn't it? You know, jumping across, outside arm, barging him. Well, to you be could fair, pick up about four pen- I mean, it's just standard when Jim played, apart from he won the line out. But then he would have given the penalty. So uh, I mean, how good it went viral. I mean, uh, you know. You're welcome. I wasn't really looking at it. I mean, when it did go viral. This is one of these things where, you know, you're obviously looking on social media, looking at the, the interaction that's going on. I am lying. It's horizontal flat, yeah? Yes, Jim. Yeah, so I'm lying horizontal in my bed, sick as a dog. So you asked me how the week went. So we had the live show on Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday. We had it on Wednesday. And then I've flown to Scotland and I've gone, and it might be controversial to some people, I've gone hunting. I've gone stalking off an island of Scotland called Ling. Now... I know I look like a bit of a hunter-gatherer, a bit of a wild man. So I'm up there rolling around the island of Ling, well, it's actually an island off it called Scarborough. I've got a gun in my hand. Went to Scarborough? Scarborough, similar to Scarborough. Oh, okay. Scarborough. So I'm there with David Strettle. Um, he decides he wants to hunt a stag, and, and he's managed to do that. Now, I'm not massively into hunting, but I, I thought I'm going to give it a go. End of the day, I've been rolling around the marshes, okay, doing my thing. I've got him in my sights, and it was God's will. It wasn't to be that day. And I've got so nervous before I've pulled the trigger that the scope has gone and hit me at the top of the head and split me head clean open. The old recoil. The old recoil, mate. Doesn't happen on Call of Duty. That don't happen. <laughs> so this this cut above your eyes from the scope. That's from the scope, mate. Yeah, but it was God's will. You know? it, what an amateur. It was a good day. It was a good day for the stag. But what's happened is me crawling around the marshes, we've been fishing, I'm eating fish with my bare hands. Is I've contracted so much shit. I've I've contracted something, and I am sick as a dog for twenty four hours. And it's one of them where you know you just blow. You just get on with it. Oh, I need to know: is there a week that goes by when you don't moan about being ill or having something wrong with you, man? Just I mean, I just get on. I get my violin out every week, but I'm here. Embarrassing. I thought talking embarrassing. Embarrassing. I thought it was. I thought I, I thought I was sick with embarrassment. So I'm lying in bed. I'm like, am I really sick, or is this to do with me? eating humble sandwiches. You know what I mean? I'm lying there thinking, <laughs> what the hell? Well, because you won your first ever line out against Paulie O'Connell. I'll tell you what, I'd give that line out back for some kind of a performance from my from the Scotland team. I'm we'll, not, we'll not going to call them my team. We'll come to that later. We'll come to that later. But it, it was interesting. I was uh, hosting uh, the fan zone down at Flatiron Square. Pint of Guinness at half eight in the morning is like, it's basically breakfast. Do you, you need a spoon with it? No, or not? Knife, fork and spoon. But, I actually did it. For the first time in life, I felt quite good about myself. What? I was in an Uber going to Flatiron Square. At eight o'clock, I've pulled up at some traffic lights. And in the corner was a nightclub with about 100 people outside looking absolutely ball bagged on a Sunday morning. Why are they going to a nightclub at eight o'clock? Well, it's obviously an all night club or whatever. And I'm looking at them going, I felt pretty tired because I did did a dinner the night before. And you know, you're tired. You're like, oh, geez, working again. And then you see a bunch of pissed up people at eight o'clock in the morning, kissing on the streets and falling out of a nightclub. I was like, I feel good about myself. There's nothing worse than a hangover, is there? Well, there is. A hangover than looking after your kids. <laughs> that is pretty tough. <laughs> that, for me, is it's you, the worst. Or just you looking after your kids would be yeah, nice at some exactly. point. How's your hangover from the Scotland performance been? Could they have been any worse? No. I mean, so we, we sat here a week ago, and I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to let Jim get on with it. We sat here a week ago, and Jim sat there with great belief that Scotland were going to beat Ireland. 
And he went into detail about it, didn't you, Jim? You told us why Ireland weren't very good. Sexton, you bagged him again. You said they're not powerful enough. You said Scotland are primed. Went through their back line. Went through their team. And then what happened, Jim? Over to you. It backfired. If you listen to what I said, the, I said a little bit at the end and said, this could be egg on my face. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not embarrassed for the team because I obviously don't play for them now. I'm a little bit embarrassed for them. I, I was embarrassed after the game for a number of reasons. One, because I've put my neck on the line before the game on here. Got a barrage of support. Criticism. Doing ITV. I'm with O'Driscoll and O'Connell. Uh, three legends of the game. We're sat there dissecting. Well, the third was Ian McGeekin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, dissecting. The there game. was three legends. Ian McGeekin, <laughs> Brian O'Driscoll, Paul O'Connell and Jim. Um, and I was trying to convince them that I think Scotland will win the game. Now, there was an, an element of me thinking, we don't necessarily need to win the game. We just need to come close hey. and, and it, for it to be respectable. And I'll be honest, like, I was watching it and I was embarrassed. And then, look, you know, if you want to speak about it frankly, everything that I said was the polar opposite of what happened. Sexton fronted up with a groin injury, was miles better than Finn. Uh, Rory Best was brilliant. And no one's questioned how good Rory Best is. People have questioned the line-out. Scotland gave him the front of the line-out. You said his career was over. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Rory Best was, was brilliant. It's TJ Stander, who mentioned him. His ball-carrying ability hasn't been there. You said he was he was gone. Man of the match. So, literally, you talk about embarrassment. I, you know, yes, I'm embarrassed for the Scotland team. I was fucking embarrassed after the game. For your own opinions. That, for my own opinion. Yeah. that I genuinely thought we were going to win and we'd turn up. I've done that on national TV in front of 500 million people. I've just dominated, like it was all going right. I've just dominated Paul O'Connell. <laughs> I didn't kill a stag the, the day before. And it was, it, it was literally, <laughs> excuse the pun, it was a shit show. Look, you know, Ireland played very well for, for whatever reason. Maybe they were saving things and they did play well, didn't they? But Scotland did absolutely nothing. Couldn't see the game plan. Didn't know what they were doing. Uh, front five got completely dominated. Scotland and Tories got a good scrum. Scrummed off the park. Line out drive. Gave Ireland the front of the line out. Enticed them there. Ireland scored a driving line out. Kicking game, Scotland had nothing. They were just kicking the ball willy-nilly. And to top it all off, we fucking lost our best player in Hamish Watson. Yeah, that is bad. So, I don't know. I mean, having watched the the Samoa-Russia game today, I'm less worried. But before that, good job we didn't do the pod yesterday. I was raging. And I was, I've been in the position that the lads have been in. Maybe not that bad. To be fair, I can't think of a game where there's been such a big build-up to a World Cup being in the World Cup and actually playing like that. I can't remember that. And there's been expectation on them to do something at this World Cup as well. As Anything. They, they didn't necessarily need to win. They just needed to put in a performance. And it was with the conditions as well. The second half, Ireland were making line breaks in the second half, mm. kicking balls through. They just... I, I, I couldn't work out at halftime. When you saw the rain coming down, couldn't work out whether it was a good thing for Scotland because it meant they were going to keep it under 50 or if it was a good thing for Ireland knowing that there's no chance Scotland are ever coming back into this game. It, it was one of them. The, the two things Scotland have worked on, they've publicly come out and said it, is defence. Non-existent. And their kicking game. Non-existent. So the defence was against teams, the power teams like Ireland that run Route 1. South Africa do the same. These South Sea Islander teams do the same. You know, one big hit on TJ Stander, Ian Henderson goes 40 metres down the pitch. So You ever made a break like that? Yeah. Apart from against India? Yeah, no, no. Oh, right. <laughs> Only India. But so I was, I was, I was pissed off. I was gutted. And I was embarrassed. So they're the three things. And can I... There was a few more. Can I mention... I was ill uh, as well. Yeah, you were sick. Can I just mention what you said yesterday while we were doing that work? I'm England till I die. (laughs) I'm England till I die. He knows he is. I know I am. I'm England till I die. England for the World Cup. So he says he's English now. I'm a bit Irish as well. I, so I, it's I, come I, out. You, you heard it here. The All Blacks would win. Yeah, well, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going. You don't know what's going on. I'm not going for the anomalies. Uh, we've been saying that for this is our fourth season of the Rugby Pod, and you've just worked out that Jim doesn't know what's going on. I've been doing my match point predictor thing, and you're bottom of that league. To be, awesome. I'm, I'm I, am, I, think, I am bottom, but to be fair, I, I look at the match point thing that I've been doing. I didn't do the first few games, so I've kind of joined in late thinking being arrogant, being confident that Scotland would beat Ireland, I'd be the only one that would choose that and that would fly me to the top of the leaderboard. But it didn't. Well, if you fancy going up against Jim and Goody, just download the app by visiting matchpoint.co.uk forward slash app. Uh, you can join the Rugby Pod League using the code RugbyPod. Uh, you'll be able to play against these two and win free pints of Guinness. And lots of other cool prizes as well. A massive... 7,321 pints of Guinness have been won since the start of the first round of the games. So make sure you get involved. Fucking hell. That's the best thing you've ever done. Great read. How have you pulled that into there? Can can we just go through with... um, Can we just chat through it, though? We might as well have a quick chat about our league. 
I believe in our league there is 903 members currently. 903? That's the numbers that I've got. And where am I? 903 members. Jim yeah. Hamilton, 845th. Oh my <laughs> God. Where I'm are in, you? I'm 242nd. Mate, I'm, I'm literally, I'm just going, what? The rightful clueless. You're just going clueless. Well, I'm so. just going to say how it is. New Zealand are going to win the World Cup. England yeah. are going to put 30 odd points on USA. God knows who's going who's to win Australian Wales. Samoa, Scotland. Samoa winning. Who knows? Japan beating Scotland. Probably. I mean, you could. You might not even qualify for the next World Cup automatically at this rate. Oh my! You got to finish third in your group to guarantee yourself automatic qualification. Imagine Scotland lose to Samoa on Monday, and then you beat Russia. And then you've got to play Japan to see if you qualify for the next world. I mean, that would be hilarious, wouldn't oh, it? Mate, Imagine Scotland don't. finishing fourth in their group. It would be almost like England missing out on the pools, wouldn't it? No, that's four years ago. Move on. Very true, Andy Rowe. But, mate, don't you speak about England like that. Yes. Don't you fucking He dare. is English. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about Scotland just quickly again. Um, Gregor Townsend spoke to Rugby Pass in the aftermath of the defeat about exactly what went wrong and where his side need to improve. We didn't start with the energy accuracy and aggression that is required to, to beat a team like Ireland. Whether that wasn't there in the warm-up or had a few players hadn't played for two or three weeks, um, they certainly had trained really well. Uh, we just missed missed the start of that game, which was, which was very disappointing. There were times when um, our game put Ireland under pressure, so whether that was through uh, some of our kicking in the, in the first half, um, getting the balls into the wide channels at times in the first half, and the second half through tighter play which uh, obviously was a more um, the thing that we had to do well because of the, the wet weather. Um, our line of drive uh, should have produced more than just penalties and some of our carrying in the second half was much better. So we, we feel that the game we play can pressure opposition when we're accurate. Um, it's a game that involves running the ball, kicking and defence. Um, and all those aspects have to be much better if we are to to progress into the quarterfinals, and I believe there will be. How much pressure is on Gregor Townsend now? Because some people are saying he's out of his depth. Well, I don't know whether he's out of his depth, but for me, and again, I'm not going off one performance, although it was absolutely disgraceful what we saw, is Scotland have gone a bit backwards for, for, for whatever reason, whether that's to do with the coaches. And Vern Cotter, as we know, big fan of his, as a coach, not as a bloke, uh, took Scotland forward and took them forward quickly. After they got rid of you? You got rid of you? Effectively, yeah. Okay. Effectively. Just wanted um, to clear that yeah, up. Yeah, of course, mate. Yeah, I laid the foundations, not for the weekend's game, but for the England game at Twickenham, which is no point <laughs> even talking about now because it was that embarrassing at the weekend. Um, Greg is under pressure massively. Massively. Even if they beat Japan and Samoa and obviously they will beat Russia. You know, you look at it, depending on the performances, let's be honest, South Africa, New Zealand, you know, the lads will be listening to this and thinking of a right turncoat, but we've shown nothing at all that, that shows that we can stand up to them teams. So, yeah, I think he's under massive pressure. I think if we don't do well, then potentially he might be gone. Do you think? Well, look at the performances that we've had. Look at the Six Nations. Apart from that England game, we did nothing. Well, that that's a normal half. Six Nations, isn't it? Well, not really. No, I, know. I wouldn't ever think that you'd want to put Gregor under pressure for his job. I think... As a coach, you have to evolve. And I know and understand the way Gregor plays and the, the way his teams play, the way he played and the way he sees the game. But sometimes you have to have different ways of playing it. And that's, I think, Gregor's biggest weakness, whether it's the player because of the players he's got or just his mentality. And you don't know whether, from the outside, you don't know whether anyone's ever challenged him and said, right, we need to actually have a decent kicking game, a decent plan to put pressure on opposition like the top teams do. Well, I think they did. I think they had, and it was quite well documented. I think Greg Laidlaw and him had a few words about stuff that was going on, the game plan and training and stuff. I don't know, you, you, there's no point quoting me on this because no one's actually told me this. This is what I've heard in different lines of media. But I think that that's, you know, I think that that's, that's been said. Scotland haven't got a plan B. Mm. And they've mentioned, like they, I mentioned it earlier, they spoke about the defence and the kicking game. They need to evolve. But you can see the kicking game is not a natural thing for them to do. So you take out the fact they can't play a wide game or whatever, they can't play how they traditionally want to play because of the conditions. Then you look through the team compared to Ireland at the weekend, but more compared to your bigger teams in terms of ball carriers, England, Wales, um, and obviously the, the Southern Hemisphere teams. There ain't a ball carrier in there. There just ain't. So now Hamish Watson's gone. Where is Scotland getting over the game line? In the pack. Blade Thompson. 
potentially. It's slightly different. He was good when he came on, yeah, to be was. fair. Um, who knows? Good, be- good beard as well. Great beard. As bad as Scotland were, we impressed with Ireland? Yes. yes. Jinx. Jinx. Lock and key. Oh, here we go. I didn't yeah. know what's after Jinx. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, there was a massive amount of pressure on Ireland uh, going into the game because the perception was they underperformed uh, in the summer games, obviously got smashed by England. Um, and people were saying, had they peaked too early? You know, we didn't know what was going on inside the camp against England. They were looked like they'd been flogged to death. And then, okay, they had a, a back-to-back victories over Wales, didn't they? Which were, were better. But there was all the pressure. In reality, it was on Ireland, wasn't it? But that first half, they rocked up. They were clinical, powerful. You know, everything that they were being questioned on, they answered. And some of us, you know, some of us talked about Sexton and how good he is and how important he is to that team. And Still injured, though. Will always be. And, you know, others disagreed. <laughs> and we sit here and hindsight's a beautiful thing. But I was right and Jim was wrong. Mate, you are right. Keep Sexton fit. They've got a chance, but mm. he's still not fit. He, got, he won't even kick in a goal. No, I th- he's got a groin injury. But he's also you can got see three weeks it. now. Yeah, you know, do they play him against Japan this week? No. Is a question. Um, I think that's a big game. I, no, Japan ain't going to come close to Ireland, though. They shouldn't. Do you think Sexton would get through three knockout games? Not at the minute. Right, it, it all depends, on not it? If, you, if he takes wax. You know, England are playing Billy Vanapola every game at the minute. Can he go five games on the spin to win it? You need a bit of luck. You need players to to not be playing right on the edge if they are if they are injured and if they can make themselves worse. And the way Sexton plays takes it to the line. We've said it before. He takes hits. He is integral to Ireland having any chance of beating South Africa in that quarterfinal. And that is a foregone conclusion now that that is going to be the quarterfinal. And if they beat South Africa, uh, they get to a final, I reckon. I should say one more time to all the Irish listeners and to Johnny, who clearly listens to the podcast and the rest of them, I'm sorry. Well, you mentioned Billy playing most games uh, leading into if they do make the final all the way into the final. Um, how did you find the England performance? Workmanlike, I said on Twitter. Um, some decent performances from some players. I thought Manu was special. Um, he was good. Watson was really good again. I'd be tempted to pick him at fullback moving forward. Um, I thought Curry played pretty well. Marrow played quite well, didn't he? Uh, but there was loads of errors. Let's not dress it up to be something it wasn't. We didn't score the bonus point try till the 70-something minute when Luke Cowan-Dickey goes over. There were loads of errors, but you might be knocked off your game a little bit when you see Big Billy getting absolutely smoked by Capelli. I mean, what a hit that was. But I thought we looked all right, to be we, fair. It, it, was, it was okay. Look at the we. What about Jim saying the we now? Um, it was okay. Uh, I didn't think Ford played well. Um, we've been horrible to Yeah, we talked about that. Because that's an imperative thing. And I, I just don't, I, I don't think we showed off all hand. <laughs> Jim is English. I love it. I'll tell you what I did love, though. Did you ever, uh, ever have a tattoo of an English Roman? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm going to get one on my back. Yeah. Um, what I did like was how well Tonga played. You mentioned Lewis Capeldi uh, making the big hit on Billy. And Tonga embarrassed themselves a little bit against New Zealand. We mentioned it 90-odd points. And I don't know if anyone's seen it, but Rugby Pass, we've done a documentary on the Tonga national team in the lead to the, when they played Fiji. I got goosebumps watching it of what it means to play for your home country and hearing the lads speak about it, Pia Town, Cooper Vuna, uh, these guys and the coaches. When you say you got goosebumps about what it means playing for your home country, is that because yeah. you never played for England? Which exactly, is that's what we're talking yeah. about yeah. now. Yeah. Um, Great to see Nassi Manubek playing as well. Oh, I mean, that, you know, that, that story's unbelievable. Yeah, that story's amazing as well. And um, so for me, watching Tonga put in that kind of performance was great. And yeah, I actually, I actually thought England did all right. Yeah. yeah. Good. I mean, I'm, I'm with Goody and everyone's talking about it, stating the obvious. How fucking good is Manu? It's ridiculous. Mm. It, I mean, and he, look, he looks fit. The only thing with Manu that you worry about now, and you saw that hit off the uh, the kick oh. chase, I just hope he doesn't ever get one of those slightly wrong. And there's obviously loads of debate about all the tackles at the but minute. But he got one wrong, didn't he, in the Six Nations against Scotland. Do you remember off the back of the line And got away with it. And got away with it. Yeah. That one there, and we've seen, we'll probably talk about the, the Russia-Samoa game today. Manu hits someone like that and they are an inch lower, he's banned. Because he's hitting them that hard. Well, maybe he's not. Maybe if one of the French referees, it's just play on. No, it's just play on. I just don't know. No, it's no, a you no, play. No, 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 see. Play, 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 play. So, I don't know. That's where he needs to be a little bit careful because... If Manu's fit, we have got a chance of winning the World Cup. We yeah. fucking have. Well, we've got a guest on the line to talk a little bit more oh. about England and their chances in Japan. 2003 World Cup winner Steve Thompson joins us. How are you, mate? I'm really good, mate. I'm really. Where are you? It sounds like you're somewhere <coughs> echoey um, and I, I can smell beer through the microphone. In the toilet? No, no, no. I must know. I've been quite lucky at the moment. Tasting. We're just opening a new brewery at the moment. So it's going to be down south. Um, so I'm just, I've just been tasting all morning. A couple of ales that we're going to launch 
So I'm, I'm tasting them and sniffing hops at the same time. And where, when you do, well, I do a bit of wine tasting myself, a bit of a connoisseur. Um, you spit the wine back out. Do you spit the beer back out or do you just see it off? Oh, no, we only do it by the pints. There was a thing the other day, Matt Gitto giving a large one down in a schooner, which is probably half a pint. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Well done. Mate, I know, Australians, eh? They don't know how to do it properly. Um, mate, so just just tell us, you're back now, aren't you, in our amazing country of England. Um, but you're out in Dubai for a while uh, after you retired. Uh, how's things? Have you missed yeah, our, our, our beautiful country of England? Do you know what? I always say I'll never come back. So I've done seven years in Dubai, two years in Cyprus, come back, and I must say I'm so happy to be back. There's nothing better than a good curry and some good ale. So um, I'm really happy to be back. You know, you played in a couple of World Cups yourself. Uh, how have you found the first week of this one? Being a bit of a fan, being back in England, being uh, the legend that you are, having won a World Cup. How are you seeing it now as a fan? No, do you know what? I've, I've fell out of love for rugby for a, quite a few years, but um, watching it now, you know, I've, I've loved it. You know, there's all this talk left. Like England, for instance, took a hammering after the weekend. I thought in the press and stuff like that. It's like just get the first first game done against Tonga. It's, it's their World Cup final. Um, Wales the same. All the big teams come through unscathed. Really, no massive injuries for. England, and uh, but I've really enjoyed watching it because you're you're always there. It sounds bad in the back of your mind. You just want the minnows to just upset one of the big teams. Um, it hasn't happened yet. Oh mate, don't worry, mate. The minnows are coming in hard. Tomorrow we've got Scotland next week. Um, we will see what happens with that. Um, so England- no, actually, you're talking it up the wrong way. I think that's a bit bad. You sound that Japan's the minnows. Scotland are the minnows, aren't they, Tomo? Definitely. Mate, what I was going to say, um, England's chances then, what do you think? I, I know 2003, amazing, 2007, finalists, and obviously when it's been gone a little bit downhill since then. You've raised a few question marks about the mentality of the team, maybe lacking a little bit of leadership. I kind of think the same, but what are your thoughts having seen the first game and now we're getting into it properly? Yeah, you know, I do worry about it a little bit. I still think they should have taken uh, Richard Wigglesworth. You take someone there that can control Aaron Farrell. So when the pressure comes on, I think Ben Youngs, who I think is a tremendous player when he's going forward and things are going well, when, when you need to think about the game, he's all over the place. Um, and you see that against, especially against Scotland, like we said, who's a, who's a minnows of the world rugby. <laughs> you know, he fell apart. Um, so you need someone that can go on there and con- control the game and control Owen Farrell as well and take the pressure off forward. So, you know, Games are going well at the moment. You know, America, I expect England to go out there and probably put another 40 points on that game as well. But it's just when the pressure comes on. For me, England have got five. If they want to win the World Cup, they've got five knockout games. They've got Argentina, France, quarterfinal, semi-final, final. And I don't think they've got the metallic in the squad at the moment to be able to back that up for five weeks in a row. I might be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. But I think looking at that, that's, that's the way it looks. And I don't think they've got the strong enough leadership in that squad to be able to pull those games off. And you mentioned scrum offs earlier, obviously Richard Wigglesworth, you, you thought he should have been in the squad. Uh, I read some comments last week uh, about one of the other scrum offs in the squad, uh, Willie Hines. Uh, you yeah. were sort of disagreeing that he, should, he shouldn't be in the squad, weren't you? Yeah, totally. I, I, I don't... I'm one of the... I'm English through and through. I love it. Oh, mate, um, and we all, I mate. And we all. <laughs> and I just don't think you should get these players to turn up on holiday for a while, play, earn some money at the club and suddenly get international caps. That's my honest opinion. People hate me for it. Some people like me for it, but that's that's the way I believe it is. And you know that I got I got his name. I typed his name wrong. I was with the kids, my little kids babysitting. Well, I can't say that actually because they're my children. Apparently, I was looking after my children, <laughs> and I called him Dennis Toner, which someone who's not is Devin, obviously. Um, I think that's an outrage. What's happened to him? You know, he's been an outstanding player for Ireland. Suddenly, some South Africans turned up, a couple of years holiday, and then suddenly, you know, he's included in the Irish squad a week into him qualifying for the squad, and I think that's just absolutely disgusting and wrong I think it should be a 10 year rule at least Mate, it's good that you've lost yeah. over. It's, it's good that you've glossed over all that, anyway. So now, you, <laughs> now, now you're giving us everything. Just talk to us about Eddie Jones. There was a few. Well, I, I, I've given a few question marks off the back of last season, yeah. but looking actually at the start of his tenure and potentially now with with the likes of Manu, Billy, and their kind of big players fronting up. What are your thoughts on Eddie Jones compared to maybe what you had as a collective in 2003? I, I liked it because we had all English coaches. You know, a head coach. I believe the biggest union in the world. You should have a coach that's especially for England should be English like underneath you can have specialist coaches that aren't um, you know he plays a lot of games he plays mind games and he said he's taken you know a lot of pressure off the players but you know when the going gets tough Eddie gets going that's you know that's his, his nickname you know I thought he was going to walk after the last couple of Six Nations so it'd be interesting to see you know he's brought Mitchell on board to sort of take the pressure off him I think then he, he chucked Will Carlin in there to say look that's our token Englishman um, but <laughs> 
you know, I, I just I just look at it, I just see it as a bit of pressure. If he doesn't deliver, it's he's gone. When, and he knows that, but he doesn't mind. He's he's cashed in and he's happy. But, you know, as an Englishman, you know, he's put a good squad together. The squad are looking good. But when it really, really comes down to the nitty gritty, can, can, in the change room, can the English boys look at him and go, you know, we really want to back him because he's our he's our team manager, or he's our coach, and you know we're doing this for England, and I don't think they can do that. And we're then, doing it for England, England. Exactly. Well, Jim's English exactly. now, but you, you don't know that because you went up north and and you done you were one of those people up there getting the old England oh. thirteen caps. I call them sometimes. Yeah, I know. I mean, it was sixty three, but I mean, there was only a handful. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that counts. Was that count as twenty one English caps? Oh, so arrogant. <laughs> mate, Thomas, one of them other stereotypical Englishmen, mate. What's that? I'm not going to say he's going to beat I, me up. I, I, I had to live. I had to live with Matty Stewart, who's one of you. He went up there and he uh, he battered me. And he was capped by Scotland. He was one of the experienced players in Northampton. And I used to have to iron for him, cook for him, make his brew, as he'd call it, every morning. And he used to, all he used to turn around to me is, "Hey, Tom, get your caps in, son." And he'd play for Scotland. And he had the worst Scottish accent, obviously from being from Kent, which is a well-known Scottish. County. Yeah, it's a quaint village. And, uh, <laughs> um, so no, you look at that. So I'm, I'm scarred from him. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm scarred. Well, let's look at your. Obviously, you're a hooker. Your, your position that you played in for really? years. Obviously, Dylan Hart is not in the squad. Are we missing his leadership? Uh, Jamie George, give us a quick synopsis of what you think he's doing. And obviously, the two backup guys as well that were pretty strong in that position, aren't we? Oh, we're massive. Like Jamie George, to me, is probably one of the best looking players in the world at the moment. You, you see the way he plays. He's scrummaging his line out. Everything like the now. In the old days, I think he would have struggled. But you can say, oh, in my day, it was but it was different. Whereas now, his skill level, the way he sees the game, and also just as a, as a player, he's just phenomenal. You can say if he's on the bench or if he's starting, he's just so happy for the squads. And that's a big Saracens thing that they pulled in. And you know his skill level, what he offers around the park, is just phenomenal. So you know, I, I think England's gone up a step. You know, Cowan Dickey for me is superb. They. People talk about his line out and that is just the rest of the game so good. Yeah, he loses the odd line out, but sometimes it's not always down to him. That's what I put my whole career down anyway when I lost quite a few line outs. It's the jumpers and the lifters. And then you've got the third third choice, Singleton, who I think is superb. So Dylan, when you actually look at it down on paper, shouldn't have made this squad and he hasn't. You know, yeah, he's injured. I don't know how bad it is. It seems quite bad because it's, it's ongoing at the moment. But the three hookers they've got there, I'd be very happy with them you know, throughout the whole tournament. And then just talking about you as you, in your career, you saw both ends of the spectrum in terms of World Cups, won it in 03, and then in 2011, which was also known as Mike Tindall's stag do, um, it wasn't as successful. Uh, it was very successful off the field, though, apparently. Um, do you think the lads are going to get bored out in Japan? Do you think they're going to get up to some mischief? Or, um, you know, what happened in 2011 with, uh, you know, tossing dwarfs around? I, I just can't believe that happened. You can't do that now. You couldn't do that before. It's strange, because 03, in 03, we've done the same. We've done the same. Well, we there's a few when they carried on there's a few of the so-called senior players in 2011 which were just horrendous to be honest but you know the 2003 we went out the week before the Uruguay game midweek we went out and we had a big blowout to focus on knockout stages and that so John I done exactly the same in 2011 what we done the, the fixtures were practically the same we had Uruguay in that last game we got through the hard games you know in 03 which was South Africa um, Samoa um, and then in 11 we got through Argentina which was you know, the hard, good game for us, uh, which we got through. So he, he sort of planned it the same. The problem is he didn't have the same mentality of, of senior players in 2011, which he was in 2003. Um, so, you know, the players let him down massively in 2011. And, you know, I, I honestly generally thought we had a massive opportunity in 2011 to go to the final. And then, you know, you don't know what, what can happen. But, um, you know, the players let Jono down in, in 2011. Yeah, I was going to actually labour that point about Jono because after that, we haven't seen him at all, have we? Like, that's it. Like, for me, one of the most iconic players of our generation. And like you mentioned, obviously, we all know Captain 2003, what he did with, with the Lions and then 2011. I mean, anyone heard of Jono? Does he want to get back into the team? I know there was a potential opportunity uh, with Leicester last year. I'd love to see him get back in the game. But do you think that 2011 has just burnt him completely from the game I, I think it has um, I think you know he was very loyal to you know you played under Brian Smith and Ford who I thought was probably two of the worst coaches I've ever played under um, he stayed massive loyal at times which I don't think he should have but as a person himself you know he's a massive you know he's he's missing in the game he should be there but on the other hand financially why should he still got a youngish family and you think you know the stuff that he went through 
And it must have been hard for him to put his, his money on such on coaches and players and really say, look, and then let him down the way they did. It must have been hard for him because, you know, you, you play with him at Leicester. Um, he's a massive counter. He's all about, you know, leadership. He, he leads from the front and he expects everyone to follow him. Um, and people didn't. People must have got, well, I know for a fact, people gave all the talk, all the right talk to him. So he thought, oh, they're doing what I expect them to do. And they didn't do it. So that must be hard for someone like Jono to actually been let down like that. And you mentioned someone in there, Mike Ford. What, what, what was wrong with Mike Ford? Fordy, the yeah. old defensive coach. Yeah. He was just horrendous. <laughs> he was one of the worst coaches I've ever, I've ever been involved in. That, no other way he's been around so many clubs. It's hilarious. Mate, I'm and, lo- uh, hey, I'll tell you what. Hey, I'm, I'm loving this candid chat, Tomo. Absolutely <laughs> loving it, mate. Um, you know me. What you see is what you get. I'm, I'm not clever enough to lie. Well, tell us then. What was it like with uh, Goody at Breathe, mate, at the old pension fund? Any good stories on him from there? Mate, I was one of the main influencers to get Goody over there. It was a flyer. Goody, I don't want to talk him up, you know, because he'll just get fatter. Oh. But Goody... If you're in the bottom three, it'll keep you up. If you're mid-table, it'll get you in the Heineken Cup. And if you're in the top four, it'll win you the championship. I love you, Steve oh, Thompson. No, Steve that, Thompson, yeah. I love you. I thought he was going to Steve say Steve Thompson, I love you. We'll wrap it up there, Steve. Yeah, thank you very much for joining Goody, us, mate. Goody, is that not true? Um, well, thank you, Tom. What's, your, what's the cut that I owe you again Stats for my contract? Lie. Stats don't lie. They don't lie. They don't lie. What a ledge. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Cheers, Tomo. Cheers, mate. Cheers. All right, mate. Have a good day. Yeah, Cheers, good luck with the brewery, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. What a ledge. Loose lad. I mean... Candid. He's either pissed because he's at the brewery tasting beer, or he's just out and out tells the truth about everything. Or he, and just, you heard did, him at the he end. just does not give a shit. You heard him at the end. He tells the truth, boys. He tells the truth. You can't handle the truth! <laughs> so a few things I've taken from that. Um, he doesn't rate Mike Ford as a coach. <laughs> nope. Three things I've taken from it. He doesn't rate Mike Ford as a coach. Nope. We all agree that Jono's been absolutely Judas. And he's a legend. And he's clearly pissed because he said that Goody would basically ignite any team to keep them out of relegation, <laughs> get them into Europe and win Europe. So, Tomo, you ain't got a clue oh, what you're speaking Tomo. about, mate. Tomo's a legend. Tomo was actually a massive influence on getting me over to Breathe. He was there the year before. He was very close with the, uh, the chief exec, Simon Gillam. And I think... Tomo wanted me to come to Breathe so that there'd be someone else in the changing room when you all take your tops off that looks as bad as him. Did you look as bad as him? And I signed and I thought, I'm going to go and sign and play for Breathe and Tomo wants me there because I'm going to take my top off and stand next to Steve Thompson. And look like a bag of sick. And and I'll be like a bronze Adonis. I'll feel good about myself. So uh, no, it it was good fun. Good fun. Good man. Before we get your thoughts on uh, some of the games coming up in the World Cup, uh, don't forget, uh, you can catch all this season's Premiership, Pro 14, Champions Cup and much more in Rugby Pass if you're in Asia. And wherever you are in the world, you can also watch Jim and I doing an alternative commentary on England versus USA on the Rugby Pass YouTube channel on Thursday, can't you, Jim? Yes, you can. So I don't want to bag any of the other commentators, uh, but if you want some good commentary or alternative commentary, tune in to Rugby Pass on YouTube live we're streaming. <laughs> We're streaming like beavers. Streaming like beavers. Streaming I mean, there's like another beavers. one. Never heard that one. So get your names right. So it's Billy Vonapola. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this and watch this purely because Andy Rowe hasn't got a fucking clue about anyone that's not a Kiwi. So it's gonna be good value. I haven't got a clue uh, from some of those refereeing decisions over the weekend. Would you? What'd I don't you think anyone has. Oh, I mean, fair play to World Rugby. World Rugby have come out and made a statement today saying they were. The, the standard of refereeing over the opening round of games wasn't to the level that they expected. They've come out and said the refs weren't good enough. I mean, you don't have to say the refs collectively. You just have to say the French ones. <laughs> Jerome Gar says, uh, I mean... Ah, no, no. Bleh, bleh, bleh. And everyone's... There's a lot of South Africans coming They're out. They're raging. The mm. South Africans are raging about the All Blacks. But here's the thing. It wasn't just the All Blacks. The fellow's intercepted it. He's about 10 yards, 10 yards offside for one of the South African tries. He missed so much... From both teams. And as I've always said, and I mentioned the comment on Twitter at the weekend, Wayne Barnes refereeing Scotland against Ireland. And whether you... Robbed. <laughs> I mean, not. <laughs> Ireland were robbed of You watch Wayne Barnes referee. You watch Wayne Barnes at every breakdown talking the way he talks. Every player knows... Understands. What's going to happen if you don't listen to him. And he'll say, six, hands off rock or whatever. Clear lines of communication. Everyone knows where they stand. If you dis- disobey, penalty against you. No shock. Roman Poit and Jerome Gar says, every rock, just look at it, stand there, look at it, and all you see is and go... Some people would say, though, that, and and this is where we need to get it out, I don't agree with this, by the way, some people say the players should know what they're doing around the breakdown, whether or not they're illegal, whether or not they can go for ball. The difference is, is some referees let you go for the ball slightly longer, some scream hands off, 
some scream roll away just because what they're seeing so they're not coaching you they're just telling you that right you've got half a second to roll away or no you need to release now the ball isn't available to you or turnover's good something that kind of dictates the, the, the lay of the land yeah the, the, yeah the lay of the land is exactly how it is there because and that way you know that way you, you get you get a feeling for it but just with garces and Poit, you have not got a clue. It, but that's never changed. That's been like that for years. Even when I was playing and they refereed me. Is there a, is there a case to be made that you have to um, study a referee a little bit yes, more? Yes, you do. The All Blacks have had some well-documented problems with uh, Port and um, whatever his name is. Roman, Roman Poit and Jerome Garces. <laughs> Roman Poit. Um, what Garcia. problems have they had? Well, they've had a couple of red cards, haven't they? Everyone studies a ref. Yeah, every like, team does it. That's 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 part of it. You get a you know you, at Saracens and towards the end of my Scotland career, you have a meeting on the referees. So, how do you study someone like Garcia's that doesn't give you any coaching? Exactly, you, it's it's non impossible. Yeah, you can't. And you'll say that before they'll say that before the game. This is a game where you're going to have to be on the ground making decisions uh, of, to what's going to happen. The thing is with the referees, right? I'm I'm all right with that stuff around the breakdown. It's like, a tough job, isn't it? Yeah, it is. One, it is a very, very tough job. It, I, and that's why Wayne Barnes and Nigel Owens are the best. Luke Pearce, these guys are now becoming the best um, in the world. Nick Berry, guys like that, guys you can have a rapport with. But the thing, I'm not bothered about the breakdown. The thing that I'm bothered about is the stone cold, obvious decisions. Like the Samoa-Russia game today, where I, I personally thought it was two red cards. If not, definitely one. Okay? Second, the second one's definitely the, se- the second one's definitely without a shadow. There's of a doubt. absolutely no question about it. There's no fifty-fifty. There's no oh, I don't know. Is he off here? He's off a million percent. He's you're gone. That is a red card in the fifties. Off, off, maybe off, not in the fifties. Off, off, and you talk about that, and no disrespect to the Russia Samoa game in terms of the importance of that, but Russia lose that game. It could have been very different if, if Samoa were down to 13 men, say. That's a glaringly obvious decision that, for me, regardless if you're communicating around the breakdown, they're the decisions you need to make at the highest level. But the same in the same context, in the same conversation, okay, we're not saying it doesn't matter because it's Russia against Samoa, but over the course of the World Cup, Russia aren't going to win it. You go back to the Australia-Fiji game, and the TMO, mm. I think, is massively responsible for that. Fiji were beating Australia. Reese Hodge should have got sent off, letter of the law, for all everything that World Rugby's brought out. And a referee might miss it. It's a tough job to see everything and you see a collision. You're relying on your TMO to come in and go, he's got time to watch it, watch it, watch three or four times, and then go, foul play, we need to watch it and look at it. Didn't even look at it in that sense, did they? And Reese Hodge has taken off Yato's head. Their best player. And he's their best player. How fucking good was he in that game and there's all this thing that's come out after have you seen so basically um john mckee was talking to checker after the game and whatever they were all amicable and then fiji have reported the incident to the signing commissioner i don't know how che- that all Checker's goes. gone mad why is checker going mad you absolute helmet <laughs> mate reese hodges just taken the head you off your best player he's not a play on mine he's out of order <laughs> fucking is it's true um there's been a murder um and for me Oh, I don't know. I, I don't want to be talking. I genuinely don't want to be talking. And we said that before. I don't want to be talking about the refs. I genuinely don't. We're going to have to because Gar says, he shouldn't be refing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Angus Gardner, he was garbage as well. Uh, pick a was about five yards offside for that intercept. Mate, pick a was a long way offside. And then these are massive decisions. These aren't little decisions. The thing that gets me, I'm going to say it, is... Like, no, it's not easy being a ref. It's not. But you've got your TMO now who is mic'd up to the ref who has got the options and the opportunity to rewind, to slow-mo, to make them... The TMO ultimately has the biggest decision. The ref never just makes decisions say, right, that's a high tackle, red card, you're off. Never does that anymore. Jerome Garces did it. When? New Zealand against Australia. Sent off Barrett. He just went... (laughs) He had a look at it. He was like, yeah, that's that's (laughs) Bang, see you later. Well, okay, well... Fine. Very rarely. It's not going to happen in the World Cup. No, that's exactly. for sure. They're um, not going to make these decisions. So the TMO sat there in his box, got a cup of tea, coffee. Biscuits. Definitely biscuits. And sweets. He's got time. He hasn't got the pressure of the crowd. He's not got the pressure of the players. Just make the fucking decision that isn't going to affect the outcome of the game through your bad decision. Yeah. So there was the James Moore hit in the opening game as well, Japan-Russia, wasn't there? There was. And who did he hit, Andy Rowe? 
No idea. Nagasaki. No, he hit a Russian player. Oh. Um, what is it about the Russians? Why is everyone trying to clean the Russians out? Mate, I think, so, it's, I think it's political. I don't get involved in all that. You don't you've seen, all, you've seen all the memes of Vladimir Putin. Yeah. He just looks at you and gives the wink. Yeah. Mate, you've, you, hey, you don't send him <laughs> off, I shoot you. <laughs> you don't fuck with the Russians, but uh, Moore tried to take the fellow's head off. That's a red card. Talk about the Russians. Mate, I... The only time I've ever come across a Russian and you talk about taking people's heads off is I'm in Barcelona with the Kovskins on a stag do. It might have been a birthday party. I think I told my wife it was a stag do so I could definitely go. And when I'm outside, um, the guys are smoking. I'm just stood with them. (laughs) And I'm looking at the door of this nightclub in Barcelona. Effing our mics come walking down the stairs or almost push down the stairs and there's a big commotion. Next thing, you can't obviously see the movement that I'm going to show. Kapow! Roundhouse kick. Straight into FNL Mike's face, drops like a sack of shit. Next thing, Jace comes down the stairs as well. Jimbo, sort it out. And I'm thinking, right, you know, they, they want me to go and fucking kill a few blokes outside the nightclub. Next thing, Jace has come down the stairs. Boom. Roundhouse kick, knocked clean out. So FNL Mike and Jace are both KO'd on the floor. Sleeping. And the boys are like, Jim, sort it out. I'm like, hang on. What do you mean fucking sort it out? We are in Barcelona and two Russian dudes have just KO'd the Kovskins. They haven't hit them with anything. The guys fucking roundhouse kicked them in the face. As hard as I am, which is pretty hard. Not very hard. <laughs> what the hell am I going to... What are you going to do to a Russian that roundhouse kicks someone in the face? I just walked off the other way. <laughs> I just literally walked off to the kebab shop and left them for dead. FNL might lost a tooth, but yeah, There fine. we go. The moral to that story and the moral to the story of the World Cup. Don't fuck with the Russians. Don't fuck with the Russians, mate. They're all taking their heads off. Did you guys catch the Wales-Georgia game? Uh, uh, I watched the highlights. Wales were quite clinical, to be fair. Um, and obviously, we haven't spoken about anything to do with Rob Howley and the betting scandal. Um, so there would have been... <laughs> Two um, to one bet we do. No. <laughs> there would have been you know, certain issues within that Wales camp of, you know, this is now a banana skin. There's a lot of focus on us because of what's gone off the field. Changing the attack coach last minute, how much of an impact did that have? But I thought Wales were thoroughly professional, very accurate in the first half, especially. Josh Adams scores and, and looked pretty decent. Uh, Liam Williams was pretty sharp as well. Um, they look good. Jordan's obviously scored a couple of tries and they're big, powerful men. The best bit out of the game was, I think, when Georgia scored, they panned up to the coach's box and Graham Roundtree was smiling, which I've you know, not seen too often. That was nice. Well, speaking of Wales, Warren Gatling will be handing over the reins as head coach to Wayne Pivak after the World Cup. And the two men will be coming face-to-face as Wales host the Gatlin-led Barbarian side on Saturday the 30th of November for what's going to be a cracking occasion, isn't it? Yeah, Nigel Owens is refereeing a Wales game for the first time ever in that one as well, isn't he? So the Barbars might be up against it. Someone said that to me today, actually. Why is Nigel Owens refereeing a game that Wales are involved in? I'm like, have a day off. It's Wales against the Barbars. It's a celebration. celebration. Celebration of rugby. It is a celebration of rugby with a double header as Wales women play the Barbarians women before Wales hosts the Barbarians as PVAC coaches Wales for the very first time. Tickets start from as little as 10 quid and you can get them by visiting wru.wales forward slash rugby pod. That's wru.wales forward slash rugby pod. Shall we have a look at a couple of the games coming up? Wales, Australia in particular. I mean, how hard is that to call right now? No idea about that one this is where we will know whether Wales mean business or not I don't know I, I reckon Wales might win so Wales don't go that well against Southern Hemisphere teams for whatever reason um, but I, I think Wales will win just be very close obviously I, I think the big battle we've seen Dan Beggar play really well uh, against Georgia I think the big battle is between him and Lele Afano to see who controls the game better both teams play different ways the Australians like to run it a hell of a lot from everywhere and that's their first thought process when it comes to attack whether it's in the 22 wherever it is Wales have got a suffocating defence and I I think it'll be very close nip and tuck but I'm going to go Wales to suffocate the Aussies and beat them by three and what have you made of Eddie Jones' decision I mean we talked about it briefly before about uh, Vunapola playing again against the USA on Thursday well the first thing I'm going to say is Eddie Jones we talk about stupid statements Eddie Jones said we're going to be facing USA and they're going to be rampant and there's going to be 15 Donald Trumps coming after us what a stupid thing to say. And there's more likely Billy Vodapol will get injured eating a steak than he will in the game against USA. I mean, but yeah, I mean, you look at it and you go, Billy, he, everyone says he plays his best rugby when he's playing week in, week out. Um, I'd have rested him, but then again, you don't know how fits Mark Wilson. Um, I know Mark Wilson's on the bench, but there is only Billy as our number eight, as an out and out number eight. Wilson can play across the back road, but. Um, Has Billy been, not, it's not meant to be controversial, back to his very best yet? I don't think we've seen Billy at his very best. No, we haven't. Just yet. So I think he'll play this game. He ain't resting him against Argentina, I'll tell you that. 
So like, it's like what Tomo said earlier. So you play USA. This is the whole squad. Unless players get injured. So you see McConaughey on the wing, Cochran Singer on the other wing. You're seeing guys that are getting Piers Francis at 12. Without being harsh to some of those guys, they're probably they may not play again in the World Cup. Do you think Thokken Singer will? Unless Thokken Singer might because he he's got a point of difference. But USA, I think he might play against France. Thokken Singer might, yeah. but the, some of the others won't unless there's out and out injuries. So Billy Vanapolo's got to go. He's had four warm up games. He's played against Tonga. Then he's going to play against start against USA. He's going to start against Argentina, France, quarter final, semi final, final. Massive amount of rugby. Um, he's rested Farrell. He's on the bench and he's rested Tuolangi because he knows how important Tuolangi is. I, I wouldn't have played Billy. I'd have rested him. And Scotland's fight for survival goes on against <laughs> Come Samoa. Come on, Samoa. <laughs> the fight for survival. I think the only thing keeping the Scots out in uh, in Japan is the fact that they booked their flights with Thomas Cook. But, you know, let's not go there. Oh, here he is. Yeah, I think Scotland will beat Samoa. No disrespect to Samoa, but watching them today against Russia, I think there'll be a couple of bands there as well. Um, well, this is it, isn't it? <laughs> Every game now is a must-win game. So there'll definitely be changes. Obviously, Ali Price has gone home. He potentially would have started. Although, Ali Price, every time he's off the bench, that's where he's best. Pat Rowe, Jamie Ritchie come back in somewhere. You start Ritchie at seven? Potentially, yeah. I think John's a bit worried about his place. Um, rightly so. Team didn't play well. Blade Thompson definitely come in. He played well. Chris Harris was really good when he came on at the weekend. Uh, Darcy Graham as well. Definitely, there'll be loads of changes. So what... what the- Predict your Scotland team now. I'm going to say same front row. Potentially a change in the second row. Cummins might come in for Gilchrist. Back row, I'm going to go Jamie Ritchie, Barkley, Blade Thompson. You're picking Barkley yeah, because you mate. Well, I think one bad game doesn't make you a shit player. No, I, I agree. I'd pick John and Barkley. He's my mate. And he's I, my I like mate. John Barkley. Laidlaw, Finn Russell. You, still, you stick with Laidlaw. Is that only because Ali Price is injured? Yes, I probably would have gone Ali Price. Just mm. a bit different. Yeah. Just to see. Just to see if it would have worked. Same centres, Johnson and Duncan Taylor. Darcy Graham, Sean Maitland, Hoggy at 15. Oh, dropping Tommy Seymour. Yeah, Darcy Graham's brilliant, mm. in my opinion. No, I agree. And then the fight to see who plays South Africa and who plays New Zealand in the quarters uh, with Japan and Ireland. <laughs> uh, why are you being horrible against Scotland? Why Why you become anti-Scottish all of a sudden? I'm not being anti-Scottish. You've, just, you've disowned Scotland. Yeah, you I said you're English, mate. What are you yeah. about? I, I'm back now. I'm feeling it. Now I've just named my team. I feel back. I feel back more Scottish. You peeled back. I peeled it. Peeled it right back. God, tell us about that. <laughs> Ireland will, yeah. Ireland will beat Japan comfortably. Imagine if they don't. Oh, well, should we go through and give our Guinness match pint predictions? Let's USA England. But the problem with doing this though, then everyone knows our predictions. And copies us. They ain't going well, to copy Jim. He's, pop, <laughs> he's literally popped the league. But yeah, let's do it. I'm, I can't believe I'm near the bottom. You're, you're clueless, Jim. Things are going to change. Right you are here. clueless. England USA. Jim. England by thirty. Five. Uh, oh, I was going to... Oh, England by 40. Australia, Wales. Wales by seven. Wales by three. Scotland, Samoa. Oh, Scotland by 20. Really want Samoa to win. Uh, Scotland by 18. Really? Thank you. Japan v. Ireland. Ireland by 15. 15. I'm going to go bigger. Ireland by 20. It's not that much bigger, is it? <laughs> Five points bigger, to be honest, What's James. one score? It's a try. Well, speaking of Ireland uh, and their game against Japan, friend of the show, Darren Cave, has spoke to a man who might be playing for them next year for our superfan subscription service at patreon.com. His chat with Leinster wing James Lowe will be out shortly, and we thought we'd play you a quick clip of that now to give you a little taste of what's on offer. So I assume when you were young, like you dreamt of being an all-black and you were within touching distance. So what made you think, do you know what? I'm way to Dublin. You know, I, I would have, I, I firmly believe I would have been an all-black, you know, and I would have played eight tests and eight tests over the course of 12 years of playing professional rugby. Like, yeah, that would have been cool. I would have been very, very happy. I would have lived my dream. But, like, there's so much more in the small window, the small time of opportunity to achieve so much more than just that. And when you can put that aside and, yeah, it'd be cool, but, you know, that's not my dream now. That's not my Everest. That's not how I want to... Like, yeah, I want everyone to think highly of me or say, man, he was a good bloke. But, yeah, I left New Zealand and... You know, I've got no regrets. Well, I'll tell you what. Listen to James Lowe there. Steve Thompson's going to be well happy he's playing for Ireland. He's going to be <laughs> loving it. <laughs> Just head to patreon.com forward slash the pod if you like the sound of that and sign up to get loads of extra interviews and features for just a few quid a month. You guys started a new feature last week, didn't you? We Jump did. Oh, he sounds a bit bitter about yeah, that. Without yeah. me. Yeah, we started a new feature last week, Andy Rowe, called Japan Through Jim's Eye. Get it? Also known as... <laughs> Jim's, Jim's Japs Eye. Get it? It's good. So basically it's what good. we're going to do is we're talking about proverbs. 
Proverbs. Proverbs. Also known in Coventry as Proverbs. Or also known across the whole planet as Proverbs. Okay, maybe it's just Coventry as Proverbs. Anyway, so basically, we're going to give you a saying, what they say in Japan, and we're going to try and dissect it with an open or closed cloth to what we think it might be. Clean or dirty cloth? Absolutely filthy. (laughs) So, here's one. Beautiful person, thin life. I'm going to pronounce it in Japanese with the help of Siri. So this is what it sounds like in Japanese. It sounded like someone had a knife in their foot at the end. It sounded at the start like he hung like a squirrel. And he has a knife in his foot. Uh, So that's beautiful person, thin life. And I've got to tell you what I think that means. It means I'm not Andy Good. That's actually um, not true, James. What does it mean? Well, the actual, uh, really, it's it's a superstition. A beautiful woman is destined to die young. Why are, they, well, why are they being horrible? <laughs> I don't make these up, Jim. I just I just work them out. So when you're in Japan, you can go up to people and say, beautiful person, thin life, and you're going to absolutely offend anyone that is good looking and young. So you like that, Andy Rowe? Yeah, it's a great feature. Have you got any, got any more mate, of got another one. Got another one, mate. Here so the weak are meat, the strong eat. Let me just do what that converts to. This is what it sounds like. Get it? ati. The weak are meat, the strong eat. So that makes me think that only the strong survive. Beautiful person, thin life equals not Andy Good. The weak are meat, the strong eat means only the strong survive. So basically, you know, I'll be surviving to the fucking death. <laughs> what does it mean? Eating the weak people. You'll be yeah. surviving till the death. Did you just realise what you said? What? I think everyone survives until the death, James. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so what does it mean then? Survival of the fittest. That's what it means. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. fine. So, if you people in Japan, the millions out there, but probably more than millions in the UK and Ireland and abroad, basically worldwide, wide, 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 wide. wide. There you go. So you learn shit every day. You, New you shit. Do, you learn shit from Jim. New every yeah. day. Jack so ship. you are welcome. So that feature is called Japan through Jim's Eye. Get it? Also known as Jim's, Jim's Jap's Eye. Well, shall we have a look at uh, the world through our listeners' eye? Uh, let's go to social media quickly, shall Why we? Why have been rude for? Why have been rude? Before we get into a couple of new ones, um, have you guys got any more positions you can fill in on the hell of a bush 15 that you started last week? Well, no, I've not seen any bushes in my life. I can add a back. You, well, you should add a forward every week. I mean, you spoke to one earlier, the horrible bush. This time I got a, a, a mate. Where's his accent? Where's he from? Is he northern? North, Northampton area. Oh, is he? Is yeah. he around there? Yeah, definite yeah. bush then. Yeah. A player that I'm going to throw into the mix, hell of a bush 15. He's at the World Cup. Really? Give me a, give me a country and I'll tell you. England. Oh. In the backs. I don't know that. I haven't played with many of the England backs. Hell of a bush. Talk to me. Elliot Daly. Really? Me old bush, 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 really? bush. Really? Yeah. Okay. Back in the day it was. I mean, I'm hoping he's trimmed it by now. Yeah, but, but he's, um, mate, he's been living in Cov, so that's fine. That's normal practice <laughs> there, mate. Yeah, Elliot Daly, hell of a bush. Nick Cottrell has tweeted in is it time to have a second official on the pitch to police the defensive line potentially potentially rugby's in a very weird place at the minute my question to that question is is that not the assistant referee's job i read something about that today um yeah i did some research what yeah so the assistant referees are told to limit their amount of interactions with the ref and they get marked down if they go over five interactions so they don't want to be always policing the offside line because it's not a danger so they're trying to come in with um dangerous impacts on the game but again that's ridiculous an assistant referee if the rock's in the middle of the field it's a hard one because you're looking at that that assistant ref on both sides could be looking at the breakdown for people cheap shot and all dangerous play TMO can do that. If you're an assistant referee and the rock's on the far side, how easy is it just to police the offside line? Speak to the winger. That's what used to happen in the day. Well, just say offside. They're offside. It's not hard. If you police the offside line, you make for a, it makes for a better game without a shadow of a doubt because every a lot of teams now are bringing in rush defence straight up and hard. And it's so hard to attack against. So, Mate, you're making me feel tingly, mate, when you say these words. Straight up and hard. <laughs> but just... An assistant referee shouldn't be marked down on how many interactions they have with the referee. Mate, stop it. If stop, stop, it. stop saying interactions. If they're stopping the game, every five minutes, I understand. But if they're just in his ear going, uh, France are offside, Louis Picapoo is five yards offside, that's a penalty. How easy was that to see? Is this code or not? This is rugby code. Mate, you're saying interactions, straight up and hard, and whispering in my ear. Like, this is making me feel strange. Wow. I love you too, James. Patrick O'Sullivan should... Scotland consider 
a Hastings Russell 1210 axis like the Ford Farrell to offload the pressure from Russell and give them more options to break down solid and aggressive defensive units. No, first thing would have been absolutely ridiculous, but then it could show something completely different. They 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 might do it against Russia. They they actually might do something like that to show something different. But again, we've got a few good centers in there. Which is the plan B? That ain't the plan B, I don't think. But I I couldn't even tell you what the plan B is. Tim Sherwood has tweeted, would you rather face 100 duck-sized Manu Tuolangis or one Manu Tuolangi-sized duck? Is that Tim Sherwood that, I went, on, that I went on holiday with? The footballer? Yeah, played in a golf day with him last week oh. at Woburn. Oh, maybe it's him. Won it. Would you rather face 100 duck-sized Manus or one Manu Tuolangi? It's the same. It's not yeah. the same. Same size, is it not? No, because one duck the I size of Manu I fucking hate these questions. Langi. 100 Manu Tuolangi size of ducks. Yeah, I just toe poke them, but you can't do that because it's animal cruelty. So I'd probably just do Manu to a langy sized duck tackle him once well yeah but if I was stalking I had a gun I'd probably mess anyway <laughs> exactly right let's finish things off with the good the bad and the ugly which is brought to you this week by the Telegraph's sports subscription go and check out telegraph.co.uk forward slash the rugby pod for quality analysis and insight on this year's World Cup in Japan from the likes of Sir McGeekin Danny Cipriani Will Greenwood and more rugby pod listeners can get a month free Woo! and then a further three months at half price so that's just 50p a week you'll get unlimited access to all of their sports coverage insight and analysis so make sure you're in the know with the rugby pod and the Telegraph and just head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash the rugby pod to get your 30 day free trial and three months half price plenty of good this week we'll start off with in the World Cup the opening game Japan and their winger Kotaro Matsushima uh, who scored a hat-trick the first ever hat-trick in a World Cup opening game brilliant for him um sticking with the theme of wingers plenty of tries for wingers this weekend Bridge was outstanding for New Zealand Sever Reese. Played exceptionally well. He didn't score, but he played well. Damien Penno thought he played really well for the French against Argentina. Uh, Corey Betty as well. He was outstanding for Australia. Great to see him ball in hand. Cheslin Colby, ridiculous. Look at, look at his stats. 124 metres made, 11 defenders beaten against the All Blacks. He was the star of the show in a losing team. But not only are we talking wingers scoring tries and having fun. Tolu Latu, how good was he? He can't throw in a line out or scrummage, but my God, he's good around the field. Um, he was pretty impressive. He scored two for Australia what else was good Manu Tuolangi I thought was pretty impressive uh, back to his best I mean fancy tackling him uh, New Zealand back to their best uh, efficient making line breaks converting them uh, number one team in the world for sure uh, they were pretty special what else was good this weekend Jim Hamilton what yes really yes you got your first ever lineup win against Paul O'Connell oh. I know it was a bit contrived. It was in the. Wow, well, wasn't that contrived? It, it was. Too, in, it was in the studio. It and, was two greats just having a play around. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, you nearly took the wall out as well in the studio. That was yeah. pretty special. But that was good. He won his first line out against Paulie O'Connell. Um, Ireland were pretty special. Everyone wrote, written them off. Everyone had talked about had they peaked too soon. Uh, we're sticking them in the good. But the good this week, and we mentioned him a little bit last year on one occasion. Nasi Manu uh, playing his first game for over a year after recovering from testicular cancer and doing so at a World Cup against England with his wife and daughter in the stands. What a story that is. Uh, a great comeback, a great feeling uh, and an outstanding individual. Nasi Manu gets the good this week. The bad. It's quite a bit of bad, actually. Uh, we'll start off with the uh, France-Argentina game. The 20-man brawl at the end of it. You see a bit of that? Mm. What's bad about that? Well, the final whistle's gone. 20-man brawl. One of the RGs is pulling a bit of hair. He's been cited for hair pulling. You don't pull hair. Mate, who's cited for pulling your hair? Especially if it's stuck on from the back to the front. Very true. You don't touch it. Um, That was pretty bad. What else was bad? Refereeing inconsistencies. You just see it across the game. Wayne Barnes set the standard of great refereeing. Jerome Garces set the standard of what not to do. And in between that, there were some indifferent performances. Angus Gardner wasn't great either. Um, so that's pretty frustrating for the fans. That's pretty bad. Um, I'm going to go another thing that's bad this week. It involves Jim Hamilton. What? You won't believe this, Jim. What has happened? It wasn't you. Okay. Part of the bad this week, whoever the ITV producer was that used the overhead camera, the aerial camera, which shone down on Jim's pevelhead on his... Not many people see the top of your head, well, do that they? that weren't me. It, it, it was you, <laughs> mate. That weren't me. It was a massive biscuit that. slash thumbprint slash... Light. Pebble head. It was a light. It was... I mean, you need some help on the top of that Prove head, it. And I can help you out. Um, so the producer that put that aerial camera above your head, that's not nice. That's pretty bad. But why waste time? Why talk about anything else that's bad except for the mighty... Not so mighty. Scotland. I knew it. 
I mean, you talk about a build-up to a World Cup. You talk about Jim saying they're primed, they're ready, they're beating Georgia back-to-back. They're going to smash Ireland. Oh, no, they didn't beat even Ireland, turn up. Beat Ireland, not smash They them. did not even turn up. A really shocking, poor performance. It was their lowest score against Ireland for 50 years. They were out-muscled. They didn't front up. They're now under pressure, and everyone wants Samoa and Japan to beat them as well. So the bad this week goes to Scootland. Can't argue. The ugly. couple of ugly things, really. Uh, we gave it a little mention earlier. The Rob Howley scenario uh, and what happened to him. I know it's kind of old news, but it broke after our podcast last week with the betting scandal. I hope it's not too bad. I hope he's just made a fairly innocent error. Uh, but you're hearing all sorts of daft stories that are coming out. So not good. That's pretty ugly. Uh, but the ugly this week goes to Stefan Armitage. Uh, he's been given a six-month suspended prison sentence and a €5,000 fine for groping a woman outside a bar. That is not play on. Stefan, that's ugly. Thanks, Scooty. And Jim, you've got a shout-out to finish on, don't you? Oh, I have. Yeah, I just want to say a big good luck to the GB wheelchair rugby team who are competing in a World Cup in Japan as well in the week before the pool stages and the quarterfinals. And if you're out in Japan, check it out, head along, uh, give them some support. Yeah, massive good luck to them and a big congratulations to the UK Armed Forces side who got to the final of the International Defence Rugby Competition out in Japan this week but just missed out on bringing the trophy home losing 31-17 to Fiji. Uh, but a massive shout out to the UK Armed Forces side uh, who got to the final. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Pod, pod, pod.